0: Hi guys. Welcome back to another episode of MMA Anomaly. Olin here. Um I really hope everybody that watches the channel got to see that fight card yesterday because it was absolutely incredible. It uh, may have been one of the best fight cards top to bottom that I've seen in the the past few years. I don't know, maybe even the past decade. I'd have to go back and watch some of the better fight cards of the last decade to see for sure. But honest honestly in my honest opinion, I feel like again from top to bottom As far as quality of fights, excitement of fights, from the very first prelim to the very top, to the main event, just an absolutely incredible card. Uh, I was on my feet, I was on the edge of my seat, I was screaming, I was gasping, um, I was cheering. It it was a fantastic, fantastic day or night of fights, depending on wherever you watched. Um, Jumping into the first fight, uh, I'm just gonna go ahead and start off by saying I went 10 for 12. On my fight picks from the last video so like i said take it to the bank guys um yeah starting off with the first fight we had muhammad mikhayev going up against cody durden like i said i knew that this was going to be a a big test for him going in there against cody durden just because cody has had much more professional fights on his record than uh muhammad but you know mikhayev went out there and and he honestly made it look easy he hit a switch standing knee To the face, or to the chin of Cody, which right after he connected that pretty effortlessly transitioned into a uh, standing guillotine. Cody did try to defend well. He like tried to stand and slam him. And um, again, Mikhail did everything right. He ended up getting the, the guillotine on the ground and got the submission. I think it was the second fastest submission in that weight class in UFC history. So, uh... Hats off to him. Incredible debut. I don't think you could paint a better debut than that or write a better debut than that. And I look forward to his next fights. I do think that he's going to jump into the top 15 very quickly, maybe even in his next fight. And with how shallow the flyweight uh, weight class is, he might actually accomplish what he's setting out to do, which is being an even younger UFC champion than John Jones, who is currently the youngest UFC champ of all time uh, when he claimed the gold. So this next fight is one that I was actually wrong about. Uh, It was Corey the Hobbit McKenna, and she was going up against Elise Reed. Elise Reed did very, very well. Her punches were lightning fast. Uh, She was snapping off the jab, coming out with the cross, and honestly just firing from the hips. Uh, She looked like a female Bobby Green out there the way that she was throwing hands, you know? They were coming out quick, they weren't telegraphed, there was no tell on them, and she was connecting at a high volume. Uh, McKenna did a great job trying to land the takedowns. She actually sunk in the takedowns when she when she attempted them for the most part. But in my opinion, it was too little too late. She shot for the takedowns at the very end of the round when there was like 10 to 15 seconds left almost to try and steal the round from Reed. And it, again, it was too little too late. Had she shot for those takedowns earlier, like maybe one, two, three minutes in when they're both very dry, there's not a ton of sweat on the bodies, and she can actually get the takedown easier A- and sap that energy of Reed a lot faster, right? If she would have gotten more control time, she would have been able to sap the energy of Reed and slowed down the the punch speed, right? And also just slowed down the footwork, everything. She would have slowed down everything and just gassed her out, hopefully. But that wasn't the case. Uh, So great job to Reed. I think she definitely did a fantastic job and I look forward to her next fight. I'm also looking forward to seeing how McKenna bounces back from this as well. Up next, we had Jack Tank Shore going up against Timur Valiyev. And uh, I actually tweeted right after his fight, a little video and a breakdown of uh, how I felt about his performance. And shout out to Tank's dad for retweeting that. I really appreciate it. Um, If you're not following me on Twitter, by the way, make sure you give me a follow. Same name, at MMA Anomaly. And moving into the fight, incredible fight for both men. It was very close. It was very back and forth. Um, Just like I said in my tweet. Tank survived some really, really scary exchanges. Uh, He got hit very hard. I thought he was going to go down and out a couple times, but he didn't. He he battled through, and he proved that he might keep that undefeated record for quite some time, right? Uh, As he moves up, he just continues to get better and better, and I, for one, am looking forward to his next fight and to seeing who they match him up with, which Maynard and the boys have been doing a very great job with the matchmaking as of late, as you can see with the fight card we just watched, Right. Um, so yeah, looking forward to seeing who they pair him up against and how he does in his next fight. I think he'll stay undefeated depending on who it is. We'll see. Up next, we had Nikita Krylov going up against Paul Krieg. And, uh, just like I called it, Paul Krieg ended up getting the submission. I figured he would probably end up getting the submission. I didn't think it'd be as scary of a fight as it was. My goodness. He was eating big shots. He was laying on his back and just blah, blah eating huge shots on his back. Uh, Nikita, I mean, goodness gracious, was throwing just bombs. And I thought for sure for a second that um, Craig was knocked out for a split second. Maybe one of the shots woke him up, or maybe the the hit knocked him out, and then his face hitting the mat woke him back up. But either way, uh, kudos to Paul Craig, because he ended up pulling off an incredible submission from his back again. He got the triangle. Um... He might actually be stealing the nickname T-City from Brian Ortega. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Anyways, fantastic submission. Uh, Hope he doesn't absorb as much damage in his next fight, but he probably will, and he'll probably keep everybody on their edge of their seat again and pull off another miracle submission. He's Paul (laughs) Craig. For the next fight, we had the big boys, right? We had Shamil, I'm going to butcher his last name, Abdurakhimanov going up against Sergei Pavlovich and, or Pavlovich, and my God, Sergey! I thought he was gonna win, but th- these boys were both throwing heat. They went in there to bang and neither guy wanted to go down, right? Um, Sergey was throwing very, very big shots. He was landing huge, heavy shots. And uh, again, it was one that I thought was gonna end much sooner than it did, but kudos to both guys for showing a lot of heart. But Sergei is built like a freaking comic book super villain. That guy looks like he was made in a lab. He's huge. And I I look forward to seeing him continue to fight. I'm glad he's back. And uh, yeah, like I said, definitely put your money on that guy, right? The next fight was between Mike Grundy, who was of course the hometown guy. And he was going in there against uh, one of the guys that I really enjoy watching, Maquan, Mr. Finland, Americani. I said I didn't think Maquan was gonna go out there and pull off some kind of crazy early flying knee finish like he had before. But man, he he got uh, a submission in less than a minute. Absolutely incredible. Absolutely incredible. Uh, He he went out there and his opponent shot for a takedown. This is, I believe, the second fight in UFC history that neither man landed a strike. So no strikes were landed in the fight. Mike Grundy shot for a takedown right as he did that. Uh, He ended up giving up his neck, unfortunately. And Maquan Americani is no stranger to jumping the ghillie. So he jumped that guillotine on him, or guillotine, and boom, he just he held on tight, went for a ride, and he did everything right. Uh, Mike Grundy was trying to defend, but every every time he would try to defend, Maquan was just steps ahead of him. An incredible performance by Maquan Americani. Um, as I'm sure most of you guys know, or maybe some of you guys don't know, Dana White actually ended up giving a uh, performance bonus to every single person on the card that got a finish. So he gave out nine fifty dollars bonuses that night. So uh, great job to all the fighters that got finishes, and uh, super unfortunate for Jack Shore if he didn't get hooked up, because that was an incredible fight. I really hope he got a 50K bonus too. We'll see. Jumping right into the main card, we had Jai Herbert going against Ilya Tapuria. Ilya Tapuria actually came up in weight, right? So he was er, he usually fights at 145, he jumped up to 155, maybe because he wants that fight with Patty Pemplin, right? Um, either way, he jumped up, and it was evident. He looked like the smaller guy in there. Jai looked huge. He looked like a giant there towering above him. But as far as density, it was built like a little bulldog in there, right? He didn't look like a stranger to taking hits or giving them. Um, there was a moment in the first round where he looked like he was in a lot of trouble. He got sat down by Jai. And Jai's boxing looked absolutely crispy. He was launching the jab. like He looked, he looked like he had the fundamentals just down, down to a T, right? And that's something that Jai has always shown. He's very, very fundamentally well-rounded. Unfortunately, he's just been fed to the wolves. Uh, Even though Ilya came up in weight class, he is a wolf, right? Uh, He is one of those Georgian studs, as we've seen recently, like, uh, you know, Ajiga Chikadze, where they come out and you're like, okay, who is this guy? And then they're just absolutely murderers in every single one of their fights. So this one was no different. Ilya got sat down in the first round and then you think, man, how's this guy going to come back? He's, he's looking rocked. He somehow survived. He's eating big shots, but he's landing some big shots. And the boxing was always there for him, right? He comes back in the second round, and he throws like a three-piece combo, head-body-head, head, and he ends up eating a quick hook to deliver the combo. Well worth it. He bodied Jai Herbert. Jai's body hit the mat like a sack of potatoes. And it was absolutely incredible. So fantastic comeback. That was comeback of the night for sure for me. All right guys, jumping into the next fight. It's not just knockout of the night. It's not just knockout of the year. It might be knockout of the century. Like it was incredible. Definitely a knockout of the year candidate, um, even though, even if I'm exaggerating about knockout of the century. But Molly Meatball McCann was, in the first round she came out and was throwing monster combos to the body, switching it up to the head. I thought for sure she's going to she's gonna blow it, right? She's going to end up gassing herself out in front of the crowd. She's trying to get that finish, and if she doesn't finish her opponent, um, it's going to be really, really bad, right? And then in the second round, we all saw Luana come out there, Luana Carolina, and she looked incredible, right? Her, she looked revigorate, reinvigorated and uh, revitalized, and she was smiling, and then even worse in the third round. She came out smiling like, oh yeah, I'm I'm super ready for this, and you're gassed out. Molly, what are you going to do now? She's dancing around, smirking at her, and she, in my opinion, was getting the better of her in rounds two and three, and then boom, out of nowhere, Molly McCann, they're in an exchange, and she throws a crazy spinning back elbow, and it was just the wildest spinning back elbow you'll ever see, and what made it wilder was the actual knockout the way that her opponent hit the mat. Luana hit the mat, just seemingly lifeless. Her eyes were wide open, just looking up into space. And it was terrifying. It was absolutely terrifying. If you get a chance, go check out that knockout after the video, after after you like, comment, and subscribe, of course. Um, but anyways, knockout of the year, candidate for sure, knockout of the night. Um, Molly did nothing but build her stock, right? So as always, looking forward to her next fight as well. In the next fight, we had Gunnar Nelson, a.k.a. Gunny, and he was going in there against a really game opponent as well. He was going against Takashi Sato. Um, It was a Gunny Nelson fight, right? He got the takedown. Honestly, the most impressive thing about the entire fight was when he got the takedowns and he got the back, he was landing some of the weirdest, wiliest ground and pound if that's what you want to call it it was just like sneaky elbows and sneaky hammer fists like he got the back and instead of just like fishing for the you know fishing for hooks or fishing for uh the the actual submission finishes he would turn around and just launch his elbow back or get his arm past his opponent and then sneak like he was gonna throw a hammer fist and at the last second hammer fist into the guy's jaw and like it was beautiful the way that he was sneaking those strikes in pinpoint accuracy Making Takashi pay every moment he could, and again, just a great, great decision win for Gunner Nelson. I look forward to seeing him get back in there now that the ring rust is gone, and uh, seeing if maybe he can get a title run going. I'd, I'd like to see him rise in the rankings again, and see you know see if see if he's got that title run in him. Right, I, I'm a big fan of Gunners. so uh, let's see what he's got next. I'm intrigued to see who Mick and, and uh, Sean Shelby end up giving him next as a matchup, and would love to see who. You guys would love to see him match up with next in the comments. Up next, we had fan favorite Patty Pimblett going in there against uh, Kazula Vargas, and I, man, Kazula rocked him in the opening exchange, and then shot for a takedown on somebody that has what like two flying triangles. Come on, you don't you don't jump on top of somebody or even try to get ground control on somebody that is a a Brazilian jiu-jitsu wizard, right? The dude's a beast on the ground. He has a ton of submissions. He's, like, people have been comparing him to Conor McGregor, but he's not like Conor McGregor, right? Like, Conor was the knockout guy. This guy's the submission guy. He has some knockouts, but he's more known for the submissions, in my opinion, like if you look up his his, uh, fight pass catalog. Um, But realistically, it was just a poor game plan for his opponent. As soon as he rocked him, he should have disengaged or just kept ground and pounding him from there. Right, you don't get sucked into a grappling match with a better grappler. It's a pride thing and it's an arrogance thing. And I mean, we've all been there. Anybody that's trained, anybody that's sparred mixed martial arts sparring, where you know you're doing groundwork as well as stand up work. If you're going against a guy that's there to work on his striking, and he's a Brazilian Jiu Jitsu guy and you're the striker and you follow him down when you drop him or or when he pulls guard, bro, that's your fault. That's your bad. So. I hope Kazula goes back and and learns a lot of lessons from this because he really could have built a name for himself and he could have had Patty in that moment. But in hindsight, Patty had it. Patty killed him, and uh, you know this was my second match that I was wrong about. I I did bet on this one emotionally, right? Um, and I think I admitted that. That's fine. Aww. Good for Patty. It was a it was a great finish for him. He ended up getting the rear naked choke as soon as he got as soon as he got. Uh, the top position and i think he judo threw him um he got kazula to give up his back and and that's all she wrote right he's a bjj guy and kazula just he should have stood with him disengaged got the distance and just brushed in and got him with another couple hooks i don't know great for patty though um still think he gets destroyed by top 15 maybe that's just me let me know how you feel in the comments below for sure Moving into the co-main event, we had Arnold Almighty Allen going in there against Dan the Hangman Hooker, and a lot of people were worried that, uh, myself included, that Hangman's jaw was going to be gone because he was cutting so much more weight. Right, his jaw was there. Uh, it was considered a TKO KO stoppage, but I mean, he didn't he didn't finish him. Right, however. I'm really, really happy that the ref did his job and, and saved Dan Hooker from taking more damage than he did. I honestly thought possibly it could have been stopped before it was, but geez louise, Arnold Allen put on a clinic. He went out there start to finish, and it's like he listened to every single person in the interviews during fight week that was like, you know, I think you're, uh, your only way to victory here is going to be if you wrestle him. And he's like, oh, you think I need to wrestle him, huh? Hmm, we'll see about that. And he didn't. He did not wrestle him at all. He just went in there and, oh, God. What he did was absolutely incredible. I can't wait to see who they match him up against next. And I think whoever it is, he will probably end up getting the win. I think he could be on his route or uh, en route to becoming the next champion in that weight class, uh, the next featherweight champion. I think he has all the skills, and all he needs to do is continue to build a name for himself, right? Maybe get sponsored by Tesco. Get the mill deals for free. Moving right into the main event We had Alexander Volkov Drago Who really does look like Drago from the Rocky movies um, Versus Tom Aspinall Who in one of my earlier videos I literally said I think Tom Aspinall is going to be the champion By the end of the year Um, Well there we go He ended up getting uh, it It wasn't quite a Kimura It was like a straight arm crank He literally like cranked uh, Volkov's arm, and he almost had him in a submission before that. And when Volkov got up, he was like, oh, not quite." But it, it was a, it was a good match. It was a fun match. Um, it lasted three minutes and forty five seconds. And I believe um, I, I might be wrong on this, but Tom Aspinall's UFC career so far, all five fights together, has been like ten to fifteen minutes. So he hasn't like he's he's pulled off all these incredible wins. He's continuing to string them together. He's moving up the rankings very quickly, and there's not a lot of tape on him, which is amazing as a position to be in. So I really do think that he presents a problem to most of the top heavyweights, if not all of the top heavyweights. And as long as he gets the right matchups and doesn't get injured or hurt in the fights or in camp leading up to the fights, I do see Tom Aspinall being the heavyweight champion by the end of the year. Um, So yeah, again, thank you to the UFC. Thank you to London. UFC London was absolutely incredible. Thank you to the uh, the commentators, John Gooden, Laura Sanko, uh, all, all, all of them. Paul Felder, it was just absolutely incredible. Mike Bisping, obviously, is just always funny and, and incredible on the mic. So just awesome cast, awesome crew. Everybody did an absolutely amazing job. And obviously the, the biggest thank you goes out to the fighters, the winners, the losers and the camps that got those guys ready. Just absolutely incredible performances by all parties involved. Um, Hope you guys enjoyed the hostilities. And as always, let me know what you think below. Like, comment, subscribe, hit the bell for notifications. Please comment, I can't stress it enough. It helps with the algorithm. It really, it pretty much helps with everything. And uh, it helps me improve the content for you guys hopefully too. So thank you again for the continued support. And I look forward to seeing the feedback and seeing you in the next video. Later, guys.